0: Good morning. It's 11 minutes before 8 o'clock. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Thursday, January 6th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. And first, a quick note about programming this morning. President Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi will all make remarks as Washington marks the anniversary of the deadly January 6th storming of the Capitol. We'll be uh, joining coverage live this morning at 8 a.m. Halibut Point Road will be blocked off this morning due to a water main break. The road will be closed off from the entrance to the exit of AC Lakeside, while an emergency road construction crew works to fix the issue. Fire Chief Craig Warren says the fire department is working with the public works to set up barricades, but he was unsure of when the roadway will be repaired. He asked that drivers headed southbound take Peterson Avenue to Lake Street to avoid the road closure. Drivers heading north can take Lake Street from the roundabout to Peterson to avoid the road Sitka is anticipating a record-breaking number of cruise ship passengers next summer. Boats carrying a grand total of around 480,000 passengers are predicted to dock at the privately owned Sitka Sound Cruise Terminal. That's nearly double the biggest cruise year in the community's history. With the CDC's recent warning to avoid cruise travel due to COVID, there's still some uncertainty about how many passengers will actually show up. Nevertheless, for the last eight months, the Planning Commission has been trying to figure out how the city can absorb such a large influx of tourists. In December, the Commission released a first draft of its plan, which the Sitka Assembly will review at a meeting next week. KCAW spoke with City Planning Director Amy Ainsley about the short-term tourism plan and how Sitkins can make sure their feedback is included.
1: This has been a long time coming, right, with the planning uh, department and the the planning commission, right? Yes, it has
2: been. So in early 2021, I want to say it was about March or so, there was an announcement... (laughs) Sitka was expected to receive significantly more cruise visitation than it had in the past, with forecasts at that time ranging in the about 400,000 total passenger for the 2022 summer season. In response, uh, a few assembly members kind of started to address, uh, approach staff and ask, you know, what do we do with these large numbers? How does that change city operations? The assembly in April Uh, had a joint work session with the Planning Commission and tasked them with working on this short-term tourism plan. We completed a a first draft of the plan for the Commission to review on December 15th, and then put it out for a community survey which is now open. Uh, So the full plan as well as an overview of the plan is available for the public to view in a survey that goes along with it.
1: What What are sort of the top three maybe big changes should this plan be adopted?
2: The I think the, the biggest things that residents will notice as changes right, would be uh, first and foremost Lincoln Street. Uh, there are some suggestions here in the plans to uh, close Lincoln Street on days with 3,000 or more cruise ship passengers, and that would be between the hours of 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. We did go through some other studied options as well um so we will see where the assembly lands on that recommendation but i would expect that either a closure or at least some sort of alteration in traffic pattern on lincoln street and that speaks uh, more specifically between lake street and Catlan avenue that stretch of of lincoln street in particular Um, i think that would be the most noticeable change for for residents that would result from this plan There will also likely be some changes to traffic flow in and out of Harrigan Centennial Hall. And there may be days during the cruise ship season that the boat launch behind the building is not accessible.
1: What about just like bathrooms, stop signs, all those sort of smaller but very necessary infrastructure for this amount of people being downtown? What's the plan for that?
2: The two largest things there are restrooms and trash cans. On the restrooms piece, we are looking at two approaches that I think can work together. The, I think the most important one that we can try to do is to make use of existing bathrooms. So if there are those in the downtown area who have bathrooms, who would be willing to make their bathrooms available to cruise passengers, the public, you know, can we offer some sort of incentive or, you know, a grant program or something like that that would help pay for expenses or supplies or, you know, the cost of time cleaning and that sort of thing. The other option would then be temporary bathrooms. Those are a little bit harder to do. The regular pump out and stuff for, you know, for a kind of porta potty setup is, you know, is is pretty labor intensive. So finding a contractor you know with enough availability to do that um, is certainly a challenge but that you know that will likely be necessary. Then the second issue there on trash cans um, is you know that's a really that's a really big one just the amount of people milling around town and buying consumer goods and food and all those you know all those things that, that cruise passengers do while they're here generates waste and so having more receptacles for all that waste to go into and more regular pickup you know with a day with, you know, 8,000 or more passengers, you know, those, those trash cans are going to fill up quickly and we can't let them sit for a week. Really active management of, of waste management is,
1: is going to be a big, a big push on our end. The commission considered a lot of things. This was a quick plan. Y'all had to slap it together pretty quickly and to get ready for next summer, but looking at long range, you know, planning, what are some of those things that, you know, the city would want to look at?
2: Oh, I think some of the things that were included in the in the recommendations for what an impact (laughs) is. You know, I think it's really important for us to be looking at citywide infrastructure, you know, having more buses and more people on our roads, on our sidewalks, uh, shipping solid waste out of town, uh, using sewer and water systems. Uh, All of our facilities have, you know, sort of, you know, all, all bits and pieces, you know, all equipment has a design life. And the more you use those things, the faster they wear and tear. So I think it's really important for us in the future to have a better sense of, you know, what both the benefits and the impacts of cruise visitation are. And to, to, you know, as much as possible to try and make sure that we're able to, um, you know, reap the benefits of the industry and compensate for those impacts at the same time.
0: That was KCAW reporter Catherine Rose speaking with City Planning Director Amy Ainsley about the short-term tourism plan and survey. The deadline to complete the survey is Sunday, January 9th. You can find a link to the survey on our website at kcaw.org along with the description of this interview. And one quick note about our first story of the morning, our local water leak. Additionally, according to a press release, water will be shut off for businesses in the nearby area and Blatchley Middle School has canceled classes for students today. Winter weather is in full effect across Alaska, and an unusually high snow accumulation is testing southeast. Usually some snow melts between storms, but as KTOO's Claire Strumpel reports, that's not happening this winter.
3: Long icicles dangle under a block of snow piled on top of Stan Savlin's home in Juneau's Lemon Creek neighborhood. Savland and his son knocked a piano-sized chunk of snow and ice off his roof with a steel bar this week. At least 500 pounds. He says warming from the attic created an ice dam that blocked the snow from sliding off his metal roof. He estimates more than three feet of ice and snow teetered above his fuel tank. So he took matters into his own hands. So we put some protection by the oil tank, and it basically bounced off the protection and, and then bounced <laughs> and knocked me down, but... Um, we we were expecting, I mean, we were trying to knock it down and we accomplished our goal, but kind of got caught in the crossfire a little bit. Saplin brushed off concern about his injury, but was noticeably limping. Now he advises caution if you have a dangerous amount of snow. He says anything that can keep you off the roof is probably a good idea, like a snow rake. Or he's also seen roofers advertising snow removal. I think they said like a 50 cents a square foot, so a thousand square feet would be uh 500 bucks to clean a roof, but could be well worth it. Down the road in Mendenhall Valley, friends and neighbors started calling Nate Geary to ask about the weight of snow load on their houses. He's an engineer for the state. And since he has the safety equipment on hand, Geary scaled his roof and cut out a one-foot block of snow.
1: Yeah, and so then I just put that into a container and uh, weighed it on a bathroom scale.
3: The snow block from his roof weighed 42 pounds, getting pretty close to the limit of what his roof can support. His block was nearly three feet thick. At that point, he recommends leveling it off, if you can do it safely. At a minimum, I think people should use a snow rake to clear the um, overhangs of the roof, since that's the weakest part of the structure. Juneau City Manager Rory Watt says this has been the most intense snow pileup in his three decades in Juneau. But he doesn't want people to panic about snow on their rooftops. Uh, You know, I would generally caution people to be careful Uh, And not overreact. He says, if there are signs that the roof is taking too much weight, people might want to shovel it off. But but I also worry about people climbing on their roofs in, uh, you know, zero degree weather and
1: high winds.
0: You're listening to Morning Edition on Raven Radio KCAW in Sitka, and we're now joining special coverage live.
1: This is live special coverage from NPR News. I'm Scott Tong. In just a moment, we're going to take you to a special session on the floor of the U.S. House of Representatives. Marking the one-year anniversary of the January 6th attack. I'm Peter O'Dowd. It was a year ago today that insurrectionists stormed that very building and tried to stop the certification of the 2020 election declaring Joe Biden the winner. Police and rioters who supported Donald Trump violently clashed, leaving five people dead and many more injured. Lawmakers, will mark that today with a moment of
0: silence. The House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, the California Democrat, will bring this special